Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, there are calls for Canada to join a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics. The Biden administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games, given the PRC's ongoing genocide and crimes against uh, humanity in Xinjiang and other human rights abuses. Dominic Barton is stepping down as Canada's ambassador to China. And I think we, as Canadians, we all thank the the ambassador for the work that he's done. Certainly his work getting the two Michaels back onto Canadian soil is 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 wonderful, was wonderful news. And Erin O'Toole asks the House of Commons to investigate complaints against Alberta MP Shannon Stubbs. They are allegations at the moment, and we will work with, with Ms. Stubbs on the process. The important thing for me, Ian, is to make sure that we send a signal that the expectation we have for everyone that works on the Hill and every single person in this precinct, that they should be treated with respect and we should create professional workplaces. It's Tuesday, December 7th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. So the United States has announced a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics in February in China, and which means that while athletes will go, no American officials, politicians, uh, other representatives will go. Uh, there are calls, including from conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, for Canada to do the same. And some people even saying, why weren't we out in front on this one, given that we just have had this huge diplomatic issue with China over Michael, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig. So do you think this is the direction is that Canada is going and, and why hasn't it happened sooner? You know, I was watching CNN last night and there was pointed commentary on why had the United States announced this alone and not in concert with its allies and uh, people smarter than me about um you know, uh, global and China issues did find it odd that the United States did not was not immediately followed by Great Britain and Canada and all the allies. I can assume I, I can only assume that we have our own reasons for holding back on this uh, if we're going to do it at all. Uh, every day now, the new minister Pascal Saint-Ange, I imagine she'll be asked again about it today. She stopped in front of uh, Parliament and asked, "So, what are we doing?" Uh, and she says the athletes want to go. There's still, I, I find it hard to imagine a world in which anybody from this government, especially after what has gone on with the two Michaels, um, would show up in China. Uh, we, we still do have some other issues to, uh, to settle. We have, um, Huawei, for example, is, uh, is a major, whether Huawei joins the 5G network here, we're, we, Canada said the decision is coming soon. So it is like there's a little factory inside government that is about decisions related to China that is taking a long time to produce. Or maybe it's it's on vacation. I don't know. But yeah. um, there, there's 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 a, a something happening there that is not happening. If you know what I mean? Yeah, and I find it interesting because if, if you look at... at um that the, in the last federal election and, and over the last year, one of the key differences between the conservatives under Aaron O'Toole and the liberals under Justin Trudeau has been the language that they use around China. And, um, and I know there are people who feel we should take a tougher line with China. Why, why is the government 
uh, reluctant to do that, seemingly. Well, it's the old, again, I was watching Rob Oliphant, parliamentary secretary, last night. Mm. Uh, probably the clearest explanation of, of why it is so complicated, uh, because there, there are trading relationships caught up in this as well, that China is, uh, trade with China is an important part of our economy. There are um, farmers, for example, here who have markets in, in China who uh, would be devastated if China um, got punitive with them. We, we cannot just isolate China and treat it like the bully that it is. Um, it, it is far more complicated than that. So I, I take it that this is a, you know, there's the practical and then the values questions around China. And I think the diplomatic boycott of the Olympics is one thing we could do. Um, I would imagine Canada is watching to see what kind of um, retaliation China does, if any, with the United States on this, and then proceeding accordingly. Yeah. Now, speaking of China, of course, Dominic Barton uh, has stepped down uh, or is stepping down as ambassador to China after uh, a couple of years of being at the center of these negotiations between the Canadian government and the Chinese government over Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig. Um, and there, there, are, there are lots of different views on the role that he played in all of that um, and the decision that was made originally for for him to be appointed uh, as ambassador to China, uh, having had a long career in business and been an advisor to the Canadian government, but not having come up through the ranks of, of foreign affairs. Um, so, uh, what do you think happens next there? And what do you what are your thoughts on on Barton's term as as Chinese as as the ambassador to China? Yeah, you've raised what's a very active question right now, which is um, whether he is replaced by a career diplomat or somebody um, outside, uh, a more political appointment. And there are good arguments for both. Um, I, I would recommend Dominic Barton spoke to only one person, stars Tonda McCharles, who, has, who had a great story interview with him yesterday and does have one. I think it might be online now. Um, a really, really interesting story of his, the, I think the first time he's spoken publicly about what it was like to get the two Michaels freed. He didn't go into great details, but some of the, uh, about the actual negotiations, but the, the, uh, the ride home on the plane and what that was like, he, uh, he talked to Tonda a lot about that. Um, more seriously, I, I remember back when, um, Canada was looking for its next ambassador to China after John McCallum lost his job. I was told by the government that China very much values political and takes seriously political appointments. Um, political appointments are usually what you put in capitals where uh, the government there, for example, Washington, wants to know that the person at the embassy has a direct line to the prime minister. And I guess China had actually said or communicated to this, the Trudeau government, we want somebody like David McNaughton, who was very close with Trudeau circle and in Washington, et cetera, et cetera. Now what China wants is, is uh, maybe immaterial, but there are capitals where you put political appointees in to send a signal that this person is, is a friend of the government and that you will gain access to the government. There are old China hands, though, around town, uh, people who have served in China who say, because the relationship is so complicated now, what you want is a career diplomat 
who is not going to deal in politics, is going to be very practical and, and traditional the way it's always gone. And I think that is a very active debate going on inside government right now. I I woke up to, to some emails um, featuring back and forth arguments about that too. So I, um, I don't, knowing this government, which doesn't move quickly on anything, uh, I do not expect that uh, that we're going to see an ambassador soon. I could be wrong, but um, but I, I don't think imminently. But I, that that's the discussion right now is career diplomat versus yeah. person with political access. All right, let's turn to something happening within the Conservative Party. Uh, Aaron O'Toole has asked the House of Commons to investigate allegations about a toxic workplace uh, in the office of Alberta MP Shannon Stubbs. There was a report on this uh, recently. And like everything with the Conservative Party now, of course, it's it's playing out along the fault lines around O'Toole's leadership. There are people coming to Shannon Stubbs' defense, um, and they're, they seem to be the same people who are saying Aaron O'Toole should not be the leader anymore. So all of that is being brought into this one specific issue. So tell us more about that. Yeah, you, you, it, you know, you cannot, it's impossible to see this in isolation, as you said, from what's going on with leadership. I in the early days right after the election, Shannon Stubbs was sort of a reliable person standing before the camera saying all the ways in which Erin O'Toole had cost her votes in her own writing. Um, and then, uh, the O'Toole people say it's not connected. Some of the people doing the complaining anonymously are saying it's not connected, but it's hard, hard not to see that um, that all of these stories emerging of Shannon Stubbs and O'Toole very quickly moving to get her investigated. One wonders if he would have done the same thing if she was one of his big staunch allies, um, regardless of where the rumors came from. Um Again, there are signs that that O'Toole is moving to put some discipline into that uh, caucus as he's, you know, facing still rumblings about his leadership. And I I see this very much in the chain of that, you know, the the not putting um, his, his, when he appointed his critics, he didn't put any critics of him. uh, Right. In there, you saw last week too an amazing amount of discipline uh, being exercised by the conservatives in in working on negotiations with the liberals, choosing their moments, um, a, a, a singular message in question period, even though it was getting kind of tiresome, the just inflation thing. But but you do see that O'Toole is is seems to be cracking down on caucus. So this story of Shannon Stubbs seems to be part of a larger piece. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens today. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. And I think we, as Canadians, we all thank the the ambassador for the work that he's done. Certainly his work getting the two Michaels back onto Canadian soil is, is, is wonderful, was wonderful news. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post... John Iveson argues now is an appropriate time for Dominic Barton to exit China. Iveson writes, The timing is convenient for the Liberals, who are understood to have finally reached the conclusion that the Chinese are not our friends, and we had better acknowledge that reality. 
Barton is unlikely to have been comfortable with the direction in which Canadian foreign policy is heading. He deserves the thanks he received from the Prime Minister, but this is an appropriate time for him to exit stage left. In an editorial, the Toronto Star asks what Canada is waiting for now that the U.S. has declared a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Olympics. The star writes, After the ordeal of the two Michaels, Canada has more reason than almost any other country to know that it cannot be business as usual these days with Beijing. And yet there's no word so far that Ottawa will at the very least impose what's become known as a diplomatic boycott of the Winter Games. We have little doubt that Ottawa will soon declare such a partial boycott, but in light of China's recent treatment of Canada, it should have been out ahead of Washington, not trailing along behind. In Maclean's, Paul Wells considers the future of the Liberal Party without Justin Trudeau. Wells writes, The biggest question in Canadian politics in 2022 is whether Justin Trudeau will still be Prime Minister when the year is done. For what it's worth... The man himself insists he is not leaving anytime soon. Whatever happens next, Justin Trudeau will almost certainly be remembered as a significant Liberal leader, not only for the way he brought an end to a decade-long losing streak, but because he provided novel answers to the question of what the Liberal Party is for. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting and attend question period, he will also attend a reception organized by the Equal Voice Foundation to recognize the 100th anniversary of the first woman elected to the House of Commons. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland and the Minister for Women, Marcy Ian, will also be in attendance. Minister Freeland will also attend the Cabinet meeting and question period. Justice Minister David Lametti and Minister for Women, Marcy Ian, will make an announcement via video conference. Minister of Families, Karina Gould, will recognize the 2020 recipients of Canada's Volunteer Awards at a virtual ceremony. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will hold a news conference in Ottawa. And Governor General Mary Simon will receive American Ambassador-designate David Cohen's Letters of Credence at Rideau Hall. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, December 7th. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.